Good afternoon, everybody. This is Scott with Cue the Smoke with my co-host, Tom, out of the UK. Good afternoon, Tom. Hello. And today's guest is John Morrissey. You all know him as at USL Tactics on Twitter. Give him a follow. Give him a shout out. Welcome to the show, John. Yeah, thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Uh, this is actually a, a, exciting from my perspective because uh, I was turned on to your Twitter account by Amanda. Amanda said, you got to follow this guy and check out what he knows about soccer. Because Amanda self-admits she is not a soccer brain. She just loves the sport and embraces the sport. So I jumped on, started following your Twitter and your perspective of the game is something that I think everybody from a seasoned veteran watching all the way through a new fan that really doesn't understand soccer and the tactics behind what happens is a very easy, very comprehensive, easy to read uh, perspective. And, and that's why I wanted to bring you on the show to kind of talk a little bit about how you got your start, where you're from why you decided to go down this avenue from a soccer fan's perspective and just talk a little bit about how you compile your data. And I do want to give you a big thank you for writing that blog on our website at cutesmoke.com. That was ginormous. Uh, that's my made up word of the day. And I do appreciate it, but it's just nice. It's just nice to go and look. And he even folks even put videos in. So for a simple guy like me, it made my life easy. So, John, we have a lot to unpack in a very short amount of time. So tell us a little bit about yourself. And then, Tom, if you want, we can just kind of do a Q&A session with John on how he does what he does. Because, first of all, you know, how do you find the time to do it and things of that? So go ahead, John. Yes. Just to start off with um, some of the biography here and especially being on an Indy 11 centric podcast. Um, I was born and raised in Indiana and in Indianapolis, grew up there until I was 18 years old. I uh, went off to college at that point, and I'm be going to be finishing that up this year um, at New York University. But at the, in the meantime, my family moved out to Arizona just to be closer to some relatives. So I've unfortunately not been able to be back in Indiana for going on four years at this point. But um, growing up there, when the 11 were really getting started, I fell in love instantly. I had gone into the sport um, just with the progressive cycles of the World Cup, honestly, following the Premier League, that sort of thing. And having a local team was really a game changer in terms of the level of investment just that I could put into things. I was never really much of a player, but um, following things like baseball, I was obviously a pretty big stats nerd and just trying to uh, absorb as much as I could in terms of soccer and the strategy behind it, while also keeping up with the cutting edge of the statistical side of things. <laughs> yeah. And um, as the team sort of navigated the whole NASL to USL change, I started to invest. I was very invested in the NASL in the uh, Reddit corners of things with that. Um, I'm, currently in fact the moderator of the Indy 11 uh, reddit page but that's neither here nor there um but yet yeah, getting into usl uh, just trying to sort of understand the league and then in the past year or so seeing that there really was a gap in terms of 
the coverage when it comes to that statistical side of things, that tactical side of things, where with any sort of higher level league, you're going to be seeing that kind of content. I think about like the work Matt Doyle does at the MLS level. I mean, guys like Michael Cox, Jonathan Wilson for the Premier League. And so just trying to do my little thing, I appreciated the compliment you gave about um, making my content readable and understandable for people who maybe don't have that sort of tactical background. I think that's really the goal that I'm, that I have when I'm trying to put out content. So yeah, that's sort of how we've got to the point we're at today. That's, that's interesting. Um, Cause that's a lot of data that you consume. Uh, yes. And it's, and it's not just in the 11. It is, I think you've touched about every USL team out there. Uh, I collect data for everybody and <laughs> I try as best I can to uh, stay regular. But, no, yeah. I, I, it's, it's funny because the going joke on this podcast is Tom doesn't sleep. But <laughs> I think John has the new uh, moniker because your weekends, your your Sundays and Mondays have to be consumed with crunching data. Well, I think the really great thing is that just in how I I, I essentially run it off of an Excel, Excel spreadsheet with um, a link to football reference, uh, if you're familiar with that, where I pretty much press a button and there we go, get the new data in. A lot of the, there are components that are drawn from the USL site where I do have to individually go team by team and update it. If I'm being honest, I don't keep that fresh every single week for every single team. Oh, no. But if, yeah. That would, that so, you need to have a staff. But no, you can't right. Excel spreadsheet drawing circles on a YouTube video. No, and that's the <laughs> thing where, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you made reference to the uh, Sunday morning is definitely a busy time for me just in terms of uh, absorbing as much game action as they possibly can. And I mean, ditto for Saturday night if I don't have plans otherwise, but yeah, it's, I mean, I wouldn't do it if I didn't really enjoy it, which I mean, I'm sure it's not for everyone to be watching replay <laughs> soccer and their Sunday mornings and yeah, crunching no, numbers. It's, no, it's obvious you have a passion for the game and, and- that's awesome. And we all have our passions in our little segments of the world that we live in. Um, we had Greg Rakestraw on the show, and he is just like a walking Wikipedia of soccer. It, the stuff that he can just pull out of thin air just absolutely blew me away. Oh, and yeah, I mean, you you can tell that on the broadcast for sure. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, it's absolutely incredible. But you bring to it like, you know, like I said, you bring to it a very... Um, and I don't want to say very unique because that's not the proper way to use it, but a unique view of looking at a soccer game. Um, and I'm sure you have your fans and I'm sure you have probably have your, your haters too. Um, to put yourself out there like that and, and show those things. But for the most part, you're pretty spot on accurate. I mean, let's dig into saturday's game i'm assuming you watched it um against okc energy um what did you see from the team saturday well um i referenced it in the piece but um 
I know, but I, we want to hear it, John. We oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, definitely. No, I was getting, no, moving on from there where um, just that goal that um, I highlighted, the Nikki Law one, where I really saw a good level of fluidity with the team. I mean, if you think in terms of the approach that we took to the match, where OKC, after starting... I mean, fairly poorly this season, if we're being honest, they fired their manager and they pretty wholesale changed their system into this 3-4-3. They found a lot of success with. You, they tend to sort of drop their forwards deeper, uh, really try to engage them. And so we went back to the three at the back system um, in terms of what we were doing just to match what they were doing up front. And I thought it really helped to limit the chances that OKC was able to provide it wasn't necessarily the most fluid attacking game we're ever going to see from either side, but I thought that we had some really good moments. I mean, Nikki Law was fantastic. And yeah, again, as I've mentioned, and really I've been on the bandwagon all season that I think this team goes as far as we're able to engage Law. I think he is just a brilliant technical player. And so trying to get him in those positions where he's able to pick up possession in space and affect the game and I thought we did a, a pretty decent job against uh, OKC in that regard. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think no. Other. I think we've yeah. we've said we've said all along on since uh, so I think we started this podcast that um, obviously Nicky Law needs to be played further up the pitch um, because mm-hmm. at the start of the season under Rennie he was using them as like a deep a deep lie in midfield player and it just uh, right. I just don't think it suits him. I think he he. He links the play better when he's further up the pitch. So, Sure. No, I completely agree. And in a game where um, I think OKC with that 3-4-3 system and they've only got two men in the middle at any given time, really, it's a game where given our talent in the midfield, our tendency to push the center backs up a little bit, especially guys like Hackshaw, where you can really have the run of things in the middle. And so, yeah, I mean, getting Law in positions upfield where he's really able to create danger is absolutely what we need to be doing. Yeah. Also, also, John, your opinion. Hack went back and he played the full ninety. Um, hmm. Impact player. Whether, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I talked to Josh Mason. This is a couple weeks ago, hmm. a few weeks ago, last home game. We were talking, and that's when Hack was down with his national team and. You know, it's a double-edged sword. We're so fortunate to have him on our team, but we've said it in an earlier podcast, you know, the clock is ticking. He He's going to move on. I, I honestly believe there's going to be a day that in the very near future that he's going to go like Tyler and Evan did off to the MLS. Um, I he No one is more deserving, but at the same time... <laughs> Yeah, I think that the whole MLS to USL pipeline is so broken where, I mean, he Hackshaw has been one of the best players in the lower leagues for years now. Yeah, And the fact that he's not, and I mean, an accomplished international with Trinidad, it goes on and on. You just watch him in a game and it's obvious that he's more than capable at the MLS level. And yet, I mean, we've been lucky enough to have him for multiple years now. So long way it continue, but you do hope to see him really make that jump in the same way that a Pasher has. 
Yeah, but, uh, you know, you kind of said it too. Unfortunately, the MLS-USL tie is, is severed. Yeah. So what does that mean for players like Hack? Or, or you know, um, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I mean, without a doubt, we had Jordan back in goal, which, you know, Bobby and, and Eric did a good job and, and they did what they were called on to do, bar one game. And, you know, we're just going to toss that out as an anomaly. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom knows. <laughs> and we all we all know the elephant yeah, right, in the corner. Right. Okay. Uh, but... I, I was actually I was on vacation at um with my family at Zion National Park, and I took an hour to just sit down, parse through the highlights because I couldn't believe that scoreline. And boy, that was an ugly game. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was a bad one. But you know, we came back from it, and you know. I'll always say this. My son's a goalkeeper and I keep pounding into his head. He's only, he's a U13 player. And I keep telling him, Tim, the way you go is the way your team's going to go. Your attitude, your drive, how you handle yourself on and off the field, your team will see that and they'll react to it. And I really believe I was at the gate and Jordan was fired up from the moment he started taking warmups into the game, during the game, um, just the way he was acting, you could tell the team responded just a little bit differently. Hey, listeners, this is Scott, your host of Cue the Smoke. And I just wanted to stop real quick and ask for your support. Uh, a 99 cent a month donation makes this show continue to run and goes a long way for us to continue to host a website and host our podcast on different platforms along with the software and tools needed to provide the podcast. So please hit us up anchor.fm forward slash cue the smoke forward slash support. Thanks. Um, I think, I think, I mean, I think he's one of the most consistently underrated players for this team. I'm, it's been hard for him to get a shot and to really get a look in, but I mean, he brings the leadership on one end and he brings the excellent goalkeeping on another. And he's really just an unsung hero for this team. Yeah. And, and you see, and let's go take, let's just look at compare and contrast around the league. You see other keepers as you watch, as you watch film or as you watch other games. I mean, where, where, where do you think Jordan ranks as a keeper in the USL? Top 10%? Uh, I, I don't opinion, know. I mean, that's a tough question. Pretty, and no, I pretty, get it, pretty easily for me, I think. If you, so, um, boy, a week or two ago, maybe I put out just for fun, like a team of the season type thing. We got to the midpoint. If, uh-huh. if our had played in more games, he would have easily been my choice for one of the handful of goalie spots. I think he's just really consistently solid in a way that it's hard to match. And I think you see the impact of his composure on the ball, his composure or his ability to sort of communicate with the back line, especially in comparison to what you're getting from Edwards and Dick, where it's just a little bit rougher, a little bit less smooth. And Afar just brings this presence that, I mean, I'm not one who knows a ton about the goalie position that's really my blind spot when I analyze anything but it seems to me that he's just the surest option for sure for this team and one of the better keepers across this whole league 
Yeah. yeah, I think I think him and him and Hackshaw uh, both coming back when they did um, is is a big reason why we're born at the weekend. No doubt. If yeah, you look we, at it numerically, yeah. uh, far in terms of like the same numbers, the goal saved above average type thing, pretty comfortably in the top twenty percent or so of goalkeepers. Yeah, that's always good. And then obviously you have that consistency back there. Um, because it does take time to establish keeper to line relationships communication wise. And when you just yank that away and put somebody different in, and it's not taking away from who was, who went in, they're just different people. They speak differently. They say different things and, and their, their, even their voice is different. So there's an adjustment period. I don't care who you are, but coming back, you know, they're like, it's almost like, um, Ooh, our comfort blanket is back. You know, our comfort food is here. We know what we have. We know what to expect almost to the point of everything becoming second instinct with him um, from the rest of the team's perspective. Um, and, and it was really interesting because, you know, my we're season ticket holders, but um, I don't know if Tom saw it on, <laughs> on Nikki's goal. My son wasn't in his yellow jersey. He was in his gray cue the smoke t-shirt. He was <laughs> he was pimping the podcast. Uh, yes, okay, at the game. Uh, so yeah, because we went and hung out. So yeah, I, I knew you didn't see the yellow jersey, but just to listen to Jordan, um, kind of directing the team is it, it was pretty cool. So so John, how long have you been doing this USL tactics? I started um, uh, last season, last USL season. Uh, right after the coronavirus, or amidst the coronavirus hiatus, I started the account and came back. First match I covered was a uh, Louisville-Pittsburgh game, maybe. They were there. Louisville was opening the new stadium uh, after the break from the initial concern over the virus. And yeah, been going since then. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's... Uh... That's interesting. I think has, has just quite frankly, has the USL, anybody at the USL reached out to you? No one from the league office itself. I mean, I've like traded DMS with Nicholas Murray or that type of thing, but um, I on a pretty regular basis, every week or two will have a player reach out to me, like just asking for me to send over some of their numbers or <laughs> Like if they have eight, <laughs> which is just absolutely trippy, right? That is like, cool. Yeah. I get, if you told me a year and a half ago that I would just have, uh, so after El Paso uh, got eliminated from the playoffs last season, I had one of their players just reach out and say, like, can you watch back the game tape and tell me where I can improve? Wow. Which, I mean, I didn't play in high school. I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like, <laughs> No, I'm sit- I'm sitting here scratching my head thinking why hasn't why haven't you been snapped up by some team like to, yeah. to just do analytics or whatever well, I'm just wondering actually um I Oh, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's in the Twitter bio. Folks. It's no, in the ahead. Twitter bio. I um I've been this season I uh well over the off season Neil Collins the manager in Tampa Bay reached out and said he was a fan. I knew he'd been following the account. And um, 
So I do a weekly scouting report for the Rowdies on whoever they're playing. Just in I terms do, of some I of the do apologize. I do see 21 <laughs> opposition data in yeah. Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, but yeah, we need to so. fix that. Max Rogers, Max Rogers. Are you out there, Max? <laughs> Uh, we got a local guy from Indy living in upstate New York would, you know, could probably do a bang up job getting you some data. Um, so, but no, I mean, good for you. So it, it, that's kind of fun how that just, you know, you probably just started this on a whim saying, okay, I'm going to do this because this is what I enjoy. And then to start getting DM'd and pinged by people was probably, um, along the lines of some of the things I'm starting to experience. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We more than happy to kind of do something that there and do some collaborative type stuff. Right. I mean, from my end, seeing sort of the rise of the cute, the smoke universe, it's just like you have come out immediately and got really impressive guests in the <laughs> sort of in the 11 landscape. Like how has that been for you? I, you know, Honestly, you know, Tom was my first guest and Tom is obviously my rabbit's foot because out of the gate, I'm like, I'm just going to interview this guy from the UK and find out why he of all the places in the world to get an Indy 11 fan mm -hmm. from the UK is kind of like the hotbed of soccer. I mean, really? OK, so after Tom explained it, I'm like, OK, that makes sense. Tom, you're not going to be my co-host. He never really said no. So we just kind of took it from there and. Yeah. I just ask everybody, I'll be at games. I'll just ask people, you want to come on the podcast? When are you coming on the podcast? You're coming on the podcast. And I think, I, how did I get a hold of Brad, Tom? Was it Brad reached I out think, to us? Uh, I noticed he was following the Indie 11 UK, uh, my account on Twitter. So I just messaged right. him and said, and said, would you be willing to come on? He said, yes. And then obviously uh, we got his email address and went from there and, you can't, and obviously him and Greg come as a pair, so we couldn't have one without the other. <laughs> well, Greg even admitted as much. He goes, you know, the minute that, uh, you know, the minute that I had Brad on the show, he goes, you knew my ego was taken over. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great to have him on the show, obviously. So, yeah, and it's just really interesting. It's the Brickyard Battalion folks have been super accommodating. They're always like, hey, whenever you want us on the show, just let us know. Um mm -hmm the front office has been really uh, kind to us. Um, they've offered up some things that we're going to take advantage of. Unfortunately, with this second outbreak of COVID, um, we've kind of had to take a step back and look at some alternate things. Um, yeah, I just, you know, my, my biggest fear is going into the off season, but um, we've got some things lined up for the off season and some ideas where, we're going to reach out to X players um, and kind of use them during the off season to talk about what they've done and what they've been up to. Oh yeah. I see. And see, that's like content I would love to see just as someone following along. Yeah. So it, that'll be kind of cool too. Um, Amen. You're breaking my heart now, dude. Yeah. Well, you're, <laughs> he's, he's letting it out of the bag. So yeah, it was Zayat. <laughs> said something oh when i posted my pictures for saturday's game which jersey to wear and i got my key to smoke t-shirt everybody's like oh yeah wear the key to smoke t-shirt and zayad said no upper left which is the new blue puma jersey and i said well when the highest scorer in <laughs> indy 11 history tells you what to wear you must follow but 
My <laughs> response was only if you come on the podcast. So yeah, we're going to put that one together. So um, oh, nice. that'll, that'll be kind of cool. So, you know, I think um, I, I'm happy with where this is going, quite frankly, and it's not me. And I don't think it's Tom. I think we both would say it's folks like you, Amanda, Josh, uh, Mike Betts, you know, Jason, I'm going to leave somebody out and I apologize, but it's folks <laughs> like you that enjoy the game or fans of Indy 11 that make this what it is. Um, and that was kind of my vision coming out. I said, you know, if I do two episodes and it burns up in flames, so be it. I gave it a shot. But Tom and I spoke, I think, briefly after the first or second one. And we both came to like this agreement that just said, hey, let's just let this grow organically and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I mean, I really relate to that in terms of like, I'm just going to be pushing out like some video breakdowns and doing what I can do to mess around in Excel. And then it just oh. grows and grows from there. What do you, they, I mean, yeah. What are you majoring in? Uh, statistics. But I, within... How did I, I just know, <laughs> I just was going to say, tell me you're a stats major, but you know, I didn't want to pigeonhole you <laughs> so. Technic technically though um i'm actually I'm, I'm within the business school doing a business degree with a focus in sort of business related statistics and finance and then i'm also doing a double major in history so i stay busy academically for sure wow. and then you pack all this in in between incredible <laughs> an um, attempt to have a social life yeah, yeah i was gonna say what about the social life and that's that's gotta be yeah so 24 hours in a day, I'm sure you and Tom could trade stories because, you know, poor Tom's <laughs> up at one o'clock in the morning um, watching, watching Indy 11 games. And I don't know if you heard the Greg Rakestraw podcast, John, um, pretty cool little tidbit. So Tom was talking, he said, yeah, getting the away games isn't very good because I don't get to hear you and Brad and it's kind of bland and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so Greg gives Tom his personal cell phone number. And said, next time oh, wow. he said, call me directly. We'll put you on speakerphone <laughs> and you can listen to the entire match as me and Brad are calling it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, oh man. So that is going to be, that. that's going to be awesome when it happens. Cause obviously we'll talk about it when it happens, but I want to let you know, John, quite frankly, you have an open platform on our website to write whenever you want, whenever you feel like it, whatever you want to put up there. Uh, that platform is for you to have. I, I try to make the platform open to people who want to write, who just want to put a centralized platform up. Cause I know Twitter's great to have and blog spots are great to have, but mm -hmm. if I could just give it a central repository, you're more than welcome to use it. Um, so yeah, the I really, I really appreciate that. Yeah, no. And I appreciate the article you wrote. I, I really do. I got a kick out of it when I was reading it. Cause at first I'm like, okay, this is, wait a minute. He's got video this is cool. <laughs> he drew on the video. This is even better. So no, it was, it was kind of cool. Um, Artiaga's goal was pretty intense. Yes. No kidding. He's been very good at times this season. I think there really has been a struggle to sort of integrate some of the newer players, but I think he's really rounded into form nicely. He's still yeah, go ahead, Tom. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say at the at the start of the season, um, I put a poll out like a, a poll out there saying who would be 
Indy 11's uh, top goal scorer come the end, just just for, as a bit of fun. And uh, Jordan Hamilton was actually the one who won that, uh, got the most votes. Um, because I don't think enough, like a lot of people didn't know much about Arteaga. He's never played. He never played in America before, obviously. Uh, come from Italy or wherever it was, I think. So a lot of people didn't know much about him, but I think the way he's been playing, he's keep he's keeping Jordan Hamilton out of the team. And that really says a lot at this level, given yeah. given Hamilton's track record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I know Tom's favorite games are though when Arteaga and Hamilton are up top. Yeah, because <laughs> how do you, yeah. I mean how how do you strategize for that? Really, I mean they've shown they're successful when they do it. So. No, I think, and I think they're a pretty natural pair together. I think Arteaga has a little bit more of the creative side of things. Hamilton's obviously a really intelligent mover. Both of them are. They just, yeah, they tend to pair really well. They're both physically capable as well. I I like that. They're both physically capable. Arteaga is more of the creative artist where Hamilton is the very sound tactician. Yes, and, and yeah, that, I think that's and I, no, I think you nailed it because looking at Arteaga's goal the other night, he comes in off the wing, flies in, heads the ball, and has enough power to be a one-man wrecking crew. Yeah, because he basically wiped out all the signboards. So, yeah. <laughs> and then he just he just gets up as if nothing's happened. And just exactly. Walks away. I was like, how was he getting up? I mean, he just got up, <laughs> and kept and just walked away. But yeah, that was that was awesome to see. Um, Anything else you want to talk about, John? Any soccer-related, life-related? You want to put a shout-out to get your resume or get a job? You're more than welcome <laughs> to, John. <laughs> no, I mean, I nothing popping into my head. Um, I guess just shout-out yeah, shout to you guys for the excellent coverage that you are doing for this team, the excellent guests and excellent podcasts you're putting out. I think it's, I mean, really needed within this space as much content creation as there can be. And you guys do a really, really good job. No, we appreciate that. And John, obviously the invite for you to come back on, is always there. If there's something you have that you want to talk about, you can always reach out to me or Tom. We'll make it happen. We'll make, you know, we'll do what we got to do. If it's something you want to announce that you needs to get out quickly, we can mm-hmm. definitely record it and get it out. We did that with Greg. Um, we recorded his podcast and Tom and I decided not to sit on it. We released it, what, in two days, Tom, or the day after? Yeah, it's too good. Yeah, it was just too too good. And that doesn't take away from everything else we have scheduled. We kind of had to predetermine how this is going to play out. But when Greg says he's available, we said, okay, we made the concession, got it going. And I think that afternoon I edited it and it was out the next day. It was just yeah, we got to get this out. There's no sense of sitting on it. And obviously I want Greg and Brad to come back together, uh, which would be pretty awesome if we could do a tag team type podcast, but yeah, yeah, you are always welcome on this show, John, you're always welcome to add anything you want to the website folks, make sure you give them a follow at USL tactics. Um, If you wanted to understand soccer from a technical statistical data driven uh, viewpoint, and these are the viewpoints that coaches look at versus just what they see on the field. Definitely check out his Twitter feed um, post-match. You'll get some insight that not many people have the ability, nor do they have the skill to bring um, in a very common sense, logical format to read and understand. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, 
I hope that you have, um, for the lack of better terms, I hope the USL wakes up and says, Hey, we've got one. We need to bring him into the front office. John, I can yeah. honestly could see that. I think that would be great for your career if that was something you wanted to do, because I don't see anybody else doing that for the USL unless I miss it. No, I mean, there's a little bit of stuff out there, but like, not to say that I'm on an island or doing anything like that, <laughs> no. but yeah, they are not breaking it down like you are. Right. Um, yeah, you're you're breaking down some serious chunks of data, and it's always good to see it, and, and see it from a person who's not getting paid to do it from that perspective. So, you don't have an agenda, I guess, is what I'm saying, John. You put it out there. You just put it out there into the internet and let people absorb it as they need to absorb it. And I think yeah, that's pretty exactly. spectacular. Yeah. So it's not like you're trying to make everybody, this person look better than this person. You're just putting the numbers out there. Um, Tom, anything you want to talk about with John? I know I find I've sucked up most of the time as I usually do folks. <laughs> no, I think we've, we've talked about uh, quite a bit. Can't think of anything else. Yeah, so recap, we talked about John's bio uh, from Indiana families out in Arizona. He's currently going to NYU uh, statistics, data-driven, but you're, you're majoring in statistics uh, in the business world, finance, a little bit of history. Um, make sure I got this all right. You yeah, look I, at all the teams. You're an intern with the Rowdies. Uh, <clears throat> Indy 11, hello, take notice. Um, you know, you, you definitely talk about all the teams that you can get the data on. You've had a couple players reach out to you, kind of gets the, their own personal statistics, what they can do better. Um, what if I missed John? Sounds good to me in terms oh. of, yeah. Oh, Ted Lasso fan. Yes or no? Yeah. So tweeted about it the other day. <laughs> okay. show. I think, I think season two is a little bit disappointing so far. But yeah. Um, no, I, thought the Christ- yeah. I thought the Christmas episode no. was delightful. Because you got to right, but... look at it twice. You got to look, see, see what I've learned is. My wife and I will watch it like on the weekend, like on a Saturday night, like after an Indy 11 game or something, we'll watch an episode, but then we find ourselves watching it again. So the Christmas episode, right? Um, I love that. I will say, I think the first three didn't hit as well for me. And then I'm maybe I'm just a sucker for the holiday spirit or whatever, but man, I loved the Christmas episode. So funny story. We watched the Christmas episode and we watch it the first time and my son stops it in the beginning. Dad, dad, stop, back it up, pause. Look, these nuts. And he fell off the couch laughing. I, I, this was me. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So then we just watched the rest of it. Like, okay, that was a great episode. You know, is Roy actually a Ted Lasso in disguise? Just a nice guy. You know, those things are starting <laughs> to be funny, right? But then I go back and watch it a second time because somebody says, I love the reference of John Holmes when they're singing the Christmas carols. And I'm like, what did I miss? So I go back and rewatch it. And I had to back up and pause and back up and pause and go over that part like three or four times when Ted drops the money, his shillings, you know, in the hat. And then she dropped all the bills. And then Ted's like, man, I feel like I'm tinkling next to John Holmes. When he said that, I was like, oh, Lord, I just I fell over again. I'm like, "Okay, (laughs) this is what makes it worth going back and watching it a second time. So, yeah, you're you're right. Season one was better. I do. I agree. But season two is starting to become pretty cool. 
in its own right. It's the way they're developing the whole cast of characters within that changing room really is the highlight of the season for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did not, in my wildest dreams, I did not see Jamie Tart coming back. I thought he was no. done after season one. I'm like, nah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, uh oh, here we go. Yeah. This is going to yeah, be interesting. Definitely. Yeah. I thought a secret Santa was like, shh, don't tell anybody. That's why I didn't bring your present. Really, Jamie? I mean, <laughs> you know, that whole, and they wrapped up the bottle for him real quickly to save him. But yeah, it was just like, oh my Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me stop recording here. I don't know about you, but I sounded really good in these headphones. 